0: I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal here with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. And we have our favorite criminologist back with us today. Vicki, would you introduce her? Absolutely. We have with us today Judy Chrisman Yates,
1: criminologist who writes a wonderful monthly financial exploitation newsletter where we get lots of ideas for Scam Squad and lots of good information. And I've asked Judy to come back and talk to us today because she's covered some very essential topics that I'd like her to tell us about. Welcome Judy. Nice to have you back. The first thing I wanted you to talk about was an article that you have in your newsletter. It was an April 2023 newsletter about healthcare fraud, and we haven't discussed that very much, and it's really an important topic. The FBI has noted that there are tens of billions, tens of billions of dollars lost every year to health care fraud. So this is huge. Now, some people might think that this is a victimless crime, but it really isn't. So can you tell us, Judy, how this crime does affect all of us? Well, yes, there are actually three major reasons. And
2: one is it actually raises our health care premiums as though they're not high enough already. It exposes individuals to medical procedures that they would not ordinarily need or necessarily need.
1: And it also increases our taxes. Well, that's three very important reasons why we should know about this, especially if it's raising our health insurance premiums, which it makes sense because it's costing people in the medical community a lot of money because of this fraud. So can you describe some of the different types of health care fraud and tell us who is actually committing the fraud? The FBI has grouped them into
2: three categories. There is the legitimate medical providers who's actually scamming the public. And what they're doing is maybe double billing, phantom billing, they're billing for something that a patient never received, Maybe a service or it may be supplies. They're unbundling, which means that they are charging for the same service, maybe using a different title, a different number. They're doing upcoding, they're charging for something at a higher rate than what is really needed for the patient. Okay, and what about some other types? Well, the second type of fraud is by patients and by scammers. And so there's bogus marketing. You know, we've all gotten phone calls or mail that says that here's this opportunity and you need to call us or, you know, whatever it happens to be. There is identity theft, and that's where they're using another person's health insurance, kind of like using someone else's driver's license. In this case, it's called medical fraud. Also impersonating a healthcare professional and sending out equipment that they have no license to even charge for but it doesn't stop them and then of course the third type is involving prescriptions and typically that's by the public who has an interest in obtaining prescriptions illegally so forgery is one of those things they forge the prescriptions They use legal prescriptions for illegal purposes, like they might get something and sell it to somebody else and make money off of it. That's definitely illegal. And then there's doctor shopping. And that's when they're making multiple visits to different doctors and trying to get more and more prescriptions, usually for controlled substances. And then prescriptions for medical offices that engage in unethical practices. That's always out there, too.
1: Boy, that's a lot of different kinds of fraud. No wonder it's tens of billions of dollars worth of loss. In terms of the impersonating a healthcare professional, that would be somebody who is simply pretending to be a doctor and submitting their supposed credentials and then billing Medicare or one of the services for services that they in fact did not provide. Would that be an example of that? Good example. Yeah. Or saying that they've provided equipment when they really have not and billing one of the providers for the equipment, which the person
0: never in fact got. I wanted to ask Vicki about the first type, where legitimate doctors are overcharging, that would be a very hard thing to catch. Especially if you've been in the hospital, they charge for every little thing. It would be hard to know. Not really. There is so
2: much billing going on. I remember that I had some physical therapy appointments that I had. And later the bill came in and I wrote and I said, you know, this must be a scam because this is essentially far more than what would normally be charged. Mm -hmm. And even with that, it's just there aren't enough investigators to go out and look into all those things because mm-hmm. of the complexity of using different codes,
0: and right? Different
2: titles. And in this particular case with this physical therapy group, they were charging per 15 minutes, bill coming out for every 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. They made mm-hmm. it something different. And I mean, I was appalled and nothing ever happened to them.
0: Mm-hmm. So I guess the main thing is to look over your bill and ask questions.
2: Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Always ask questions. And you
0: really should be asking
2: up front before the bill comes in. But, you know, a lot of times we don't even think about that.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Well, does the FBI, what does the FBI recommend that you do to avoid health care fraud?
2: Well, it's best to treat all of your health care just like a credit card, because that's really what it is. Or, like your driver's license, you know, that is so that you can go out and drive. Medical care, we need, we have that uh, information, and you need to really guard that. And if you're in uh, an office, make sure somebody's not looking over your shoulder. You know, don't give it to others if you don't need it. Secondly, you know, beware of free services. If somebody is advertising that you're gonna get a free service and they ask you for your information, it's not gonna be free. They do not need your information, so don't be handing it out. And then also, you every month, you need to be checking your medical statements. Um, make sure that the dates and the locations and exactly what it is that they charge for, and make sure that you really did receive that. Um, there was actually a case where um, someone was not checking their billing and um, they had an emergency and needed to go to the hospital, with something to do with their heart, as I recall. And it turned out that procedure had already been built. Oh, my goodness. It just wasn't to that person. But you have a responsibility to check what those charges are and be responsible, just like for your credit card uh, statements. Yeah.
1: So obviously, keep your medical card in a safe place and don't take it out unless you have to. Maybe leave it at home unless you're going to the doctor's office, because that's one of those cards that you don't want somebody else to be able to put their hands on. Exactly. And
2: if you lose it, then you need to report it immediately so that any use of that can be caught up
1: front. And, you know, I've just recently, I I hate to say this, but I've just recently been checking my explanation of benefits. I didn't used to do that because it seemed like kind of a pain in the neck to pull it out and do it. But now I am. I'm doing it for both my husband and myself. And you do. There's so much on there that you do have to notice. Right. And once I started doing that, I was shocked at the prices that we are
2: paying, that we're having to pay, that our insurance companies are having to pay. So it's also important for you to be responsible. You know, maybe there were some treatments that you didn't need, and it just makes you think in advance, how is this doctor operating? Take responsibility.
1: Yeah, now we all have to do that to uh, keep our insurance premiums reasonable to the extent that we can. So another article that you had in a recent newsletter was about the fake kidnapping scam. And this started out, I remember many years ago, this was circulating and it started out in the Mexican prisons. And it's been perfected apparently by Chinese gangs. And now we're seeing it again happening in America. And again, it is supposed to be a billion dollar scam. So tell us, how does this scam work? Well, this one is truly, truly frightening just
2: to hear about, but especially for the people who are being victimized. And yes, it started in the 1990s, and it was really simple. Um, I've actually seen photographs of prisoners in Mexico, out in the yard, making just random phone calls, you know, to phone numbers, and when someone would answer, he would hold the phone up, and another inmate would make this blood-curdling scream, and whoever it was that the person on the other end thought it was, usually something like that, you think you know who it is, the person would say, oh... Mary, are you all right? And what would happen is a scammer would use that information and go, oh, yeah, we have Mary. You know, we've kidnapped her and we're going to torture her and kill her and you need to pay us this, that and the other. That was how it started out in the 90s. Just nice and simple. Horrifying, to say the least. They tell you that you need to pay up or they're going to be tortured or killed and you need to stay on the telephone. I mean, they tell you all kinds of stuff. Then later in the 2000s, Chinese gangs got involved. And it uh, turns out that they were starting to use, actually, the victim. So they'd find a child. A lot of times on social media, they could find out information about them. And they would coerce this child and scare them into thinking that uh, they needed to stay away from their their family. They needed to hide whatever and to allow the scammer to take photographs, them being tied up or, you know, have a gag on or, you know, something horrible. And then that scammer, they are in syndicates because this makes so much money. And so they'd have somebody else call the parents. Once again, they would have this person say something like, you know, mommy, help me or something like that. And uh, it would turn out that, you know, that the parent would just go crazy, needless to say, and um, they would, you know, do anything that the uh, scammer asked. And it turns out with the advent of artificial intelligence, AI, now you can actually take just a few seconds of a voice and make it create additional words, making it sound more realistic And you can use uh, deep fakes you can use photographs and manipulate them and make it look legitimate it's just it's horrible it's just horrible
1: and i i know some instances of this and you don't even need the child's cooperation anymore because (laughs) if you clone their voice that's all you need even if they've left a message on their cell phone i know of a case that happened down in los angeles it was a studio executive And his wife got a very scary phone call, and there was, they heard a voice in the background, Mommy, Mommy, help me. And a sinister sounding man came on the line and said, We have your daughter. She was in the wrong place at the wrong time. We're going to send her to. Mexico and sell her to the cartels Mm. as a sex slave, unless you come up with the money. And they instructed the couple to go down, get $25,000 out of the bank and meet somebody at Walmart who would take the money. But on the way down to the bank, this studio executive, very wealthy guy, remembered that he knew a private investigator called him. The private investigator was able to locate his daughter within minutes. She was in her private school. She was sitting in her classroom taking a test, which was why her phone was off and nobody could get a hold of her. But she was completely safe. The kidnappers had never contacted her. This was something they had done all by themselves with a voice cloning. But the scary thing was, these kidnappers knew the daughter's age approximately, and they knew what she looked like. They were able to describe her as a pretty blonde or something like that. So needless to say, a terrifying, terrifying scam. But this scam has been around for some time. Why is it happening more than ever?
2: Well, it is the technology that is just making it more realistic. Studies have shown that parents who answer these calls and get involved and send money, even later, when the whole case has been investigated, they know their child is fine. The parents still believe that was the voice of their daughter or son or whoever it happened to be. I mean, we believe what we want to believe. I mean, our brain fills in a lot of different information, whether it's visual or auditory. And technology is just making this just so much easier. And plus syndicates, gangs are involved. Many more people, they're using psychologists or using technical people. I mean, it's just amazing what you can do sitting in front of a computer and come up with the news device and, you know, get people to cooperate
1: because, you know, this is really scary. You don't have time to think. That's right. And of course, the worst fear is something happening to your child. Right. Um, how should we avoid being a victim to this scam? What should we do so that we don't fall victim? Well, It's best
2: not to answer the phone unless you know who it is. If they're in your contacts, answer it. Otherwise, let it go to voicemail, you know, and check it out. It turns out it is possible for a scammer to get a phone number and call, and it will come through and say it's from the daughter. It doesn't happen very often, but it can happen through by them calling on their own computer. So you have to even be careful if there is a name on it so that, you know, listen for the sounds. but. Hang up. It turns out in most cases, unless they find you on social media and they're tracking you, a lot of these, like if they're coming from the Mexican prisons, then, you know, they're just calling random numbers. So if you hang up, you're automatically disconnected. And remember, scammers like you, off guard, confused. They want you to be stressed. They don't want you to think. They tell you, don't hang up. You have to stay on the line with us. Well, of course, they don't want you to hang up because they're going to lose you. And they'll say, you can't contact the, you know, anyone else. You can't call, uh, contact the police, whatever it happens to be. Remember that when you're on your phone, you can actually send a text while you're talking on the phone. So do that. Send it out to somebody. But just don't answer. And also, one of the things that is highly recommended is in advance You need to sit down with your family and your friends, and you need to have some code words or a code phrase predetermined. Like one of the things you can ask a scammer, well, you know, have my daughter tell me, you know, what state she was born. She may say, actually, the state, but the code word may be, I was born in a state of nakedness, all right? If she didn't share that with them, and she shares wherever it was that she was literally born then you know it's not her. She didn't know the secret code. So you need to plan ahead. You know, you need to stay calm. But I just cannot stress enough to not answer calls when you don't know who it is.
1: Good advice and having a safe word or a code word is a good thing to do with your family because that can save a lot of trouble if you get one of these phone calls. If you ask the scammer, ask my daughter what our code word is and the scammer can't come up with it, then you know that you are dealing with a, a, a scammer. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was Publisher's Clearinghouse Scam. Again, this is one that has been around a long time, but it appears to be back with us. So. How does this scam work?
2: Well, this is really called an impersonation scam. So a scammer calls a legitimate agency in this case, it happens to be Publishers publisher's Clearinghouse, and they proceed to tell you that you were a winner, or they might text you that you're a winner, punch this number or call this number back. And the next thing you know, they want your account number. They want you to pay for taxes. I've heard them ask for Patriot taxes. There is no such thing. They want you to pay for shipping and handling. It could be a robocall or it could be somebody calling you directly. And there are some things that you really need to know about Publishers Clearinghouse. And plus, you can go online, go to the search engine, and you can actually check with them on any specific scam that might be going out there.
1: What are some tips to avoid this particular scam? Always know. You never have to
2: pay to win a prize. You don't pay taxes, you don't pay shipping. No charge whatsoever. Now, people say, oh, well, but that's not true. If you win the lottery, you have to pay. No, if you win the lottery, say the California lottery, before you get the money, they take taxes out of your money. You don't send them money for prizes. So just know in America, it is illegal to ask for money to win any prize whatsoever. Be careful if somebody sends you a text or email, even a snail mail, you need to do your homework on that and check, you know, go on a search engine separately and check that phone number or after the phone number, put something like complaint or scam, see what comes up, check absolutely everything on there. But if you don't answer the phone call to start with, that'll save you a lot of trouble.
1: So is that the theme for this particular group of scams? Don't answer the phone. That seems to be a a general It really is. It's so simple and
2: it's free and it'll cause you so much less stress. But I know I'm from the generation that, well, I don't even know if it's a generation. I have curiosity and I like to answer the phone and I get right on those texts. I want to take care of business. That we need to slow down, stop and think, and you know, just go about our business. Let them leave a message and do your homework and check on that. But that very definitely is the theme for today. Don't
1: answer. And we have talked about that before, and it can be hard to do. I'm getting better at it, so you know,
2: it just takes practice.
1: Yeah, it does. (laughs) Well, thank you, Judy Patty. I do have an announcement. This might be a little bit old, but better late than never. Great. So apparently, some Medicare enrollees are going to be receiving a new Medicare card. Not all, in fact, just a small group, and that's because there was a breach of a company that works for Medicare, so some of the the data got leaked. And here's how it will work. You'll get a letter, underline a letter, from Medicare telling you that your information was breached and talking about what steps they are going to take to protect you. Then you will receive another letter, not a phone call, a letter with your new Medicare card and telling you to do three things. One is begin using your new card by the end of December. So we're a few days past that. Update your Medicare information with your providers. So that is something if you've gotten a new card, you still need to do. You need to update your information. And finally, destroy your old card. Now, why am I telling you this? Because this is just another one of those things that scammers can take full advantage of. Medicare is going to contact you by letter. No one is going to call you asking for personal information or to pay any fee upfront to get your new card. If somebody does this, they're a scammer, so hang up.
0: Yeah, thank you. That is great information. I'm not very careful with my mail, I'll admit it. And it seems like sometimes I get so many duplicate things. So I just kind of toss it like it's junk. So very important that these Medicare letters are coming out right now. Thank you, Vicki. You're welcome.
1: And I do have some good news. This was about a cyber fraud operation in India that was recently busted and 84 people were arrested. Now, this was a call center which specialized in the social security scam, which we have talked about many times on this program. Workers at this particular call center would call victims warning them about possible suspension of their social security benefits because of a specific activity related to their card, like maybe drug trafficking or money laundering or some other type of scam. So our victims, now properly frightened, were put in contact with an official quote from the U.S. Marshal's office to lodge a case of identity theft. Now this was all fake. This wasn't an official from the U.S. Marshal's office. We've talked about this one. And of course, once they were hooked up with this fake U.S. Marshal, they were required to share their bank details and the U.S. Marshal would then transfer their money into cryptocurrency for safekeeping. Now, we've talked about this crime, as I've said, a couple of times, and we always wonder how did anyone fall for this, and this particular article gave a little bit of insight. So here's part of the answer. The fraudsters working at this call center were mostly young people who were trained to sound just like Americans. They were provided with scripts. They were instructed to practice those scripts. They were then tested to see if they were proficient enough in Americanese, if you will, to start making these calls. So no foreign accents. Oh my goodness. Which is one of the red flags Mm -hmm. that we look for. So people that have fallen for this scam, the people that call them often sound exactly like Americans and American officials because they've been trained to do that. They've done their onboarding. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, They're onboarding. Mm-hmm. So it gives a little bit of insight into this scam and how the fraudsters are so successful perpetrating this particular scam. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So, Vicki, could you give your fraud hotline so that if anyone wants to call you either to report a scam just to get your advice or perhaps to share a story on Scam Squad? area code 805-568-2442.
1: And I'll say that again, 805-568-2442. And I do welcome your calls. Thank you, Patty.
0: Thank you so much. Have a great week. You too.